0: Hello and welcome to the Vorthos Cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi.
1: I'm Chris Delano.
0: And we are here with a very special guest. Uh Don Marshall. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This is uh this is great. I love hopping on uh podcasts to talk everything Lord of the Rings, uh, especially when it's combined with probably one of my other favorite things ever. Uh, did, card games? Oh, yeah. Is that what we're talking about today? Podcasting? Yeah. <laughs> yes, podcasting. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> oh, oh,
1: that's exciting. I didn't, I didn't uh, know you were a Magic the, the Gathering fan and or other card game fans.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, really, I tried to keep it a secret for as long as possible. And in fact, y- you'll have the first exclusive. I have been playing Magic the Gathering for a long time oh wow
0: well i mean that <laughs> make, makes sense you you wouldn't want people to think you're too dirty yeah
2: <laughs> um i i, I play red blue so uh mm. yeah sorry big big uh, gandalf player as
1: we'll call it these you days you know
2: i'm i'm very excited i'm very excited to build 17 different commander decks but the first one i'm doing is 100 percent a gandalf deck Awesome. All right. Well, before, before
0: yeah. we hold on, before we get into sorry, we're going too, way too much little talk. <laughs> I've jumped yeah. the gun. Uh, da, you well, you, usually we have like the author of the current magic story or or someone out of the coast on here. Don, who are you and what do you do? What are you oh, doing yeah. on show?
2: I guess people who don't actually know me are like, who is this man and why is he talking so fast? Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Don Marshall. I'm known as the obscure Lord of the Rings facts guy, a nickname I did not give myself but am stuck with regardless because, as everybody knows, you can't give yourself the nickname. They have to give it to you. And so here I am. I make Lord of the Rings related videos uh, specifically on TikTok, which is my main platform, uh, where I have close to uh, 650,000 uh, followers. I'm also on various other social media platforms, uh, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, all of those uh, big air quotes, influencer uh, sites. <laughs> uh, but TikTok is my main one. And I also hate the word influencer. So uh, we carry on. i i hate the word
1: content creator i prefer
2: someone call me something much
1: worse podcaster
2: (laughs) fair fair
1: so yeah you're you're a big lord of the rings person on tiktok i definitely stumbled across your tiktoks before we ever talked to you about being on the show and that was independently just scrolling on my my fyp um, because I get a bunch of, uh, like D&D stuff and then Lord of the Rings pops up sometimes too. So, uh, yeah, you've definitely shown up on my feed, um, talking some obscure facts and boy, are there a lot of obscure facts in Lord of the Rings, uh, <laughs> coming up right now because of Magic the Gathering.
2: My goodness, there really are. They, there are some deep cuts in these cards. There are some deep cuts. Some of these cards, I am, I'm looking at these, these spoilers, um, for, a lot of them, I'm like, okay, cool, that makes sense. But some of them are like, oh, wait a minute, that's Bill Fernie. That's a guy <laughs> that has, like, maybe two pages of screen time and a handful of lines and then is never seen again. But he's got his own card? Like, there's there's so many that, like, are are just really random things that I wasn't expecting, but that I, I love. Because it looks like they put a lot of effort into this.
1: yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about some cards later specifically. But first, tell us about Lord of the Rings. Who? How did you get into the uh, the role of the obscure Lord of the Rings fact guy?
2: Uh, I love telling this story. This is one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, but I got drunk on Thanksgiving night, November 2020. Uh, it was November 26th. And I saw a video scroll past my For You page. Uh, created by a guy by the name of Heston Horwin, uh, who I'm thankfully still friends with. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. And he was just doing a really silly skit in a Gandalf cosplay, which was just a gray hat and a very stringy beard from, like, Party City. And this, I, I, the, the exact situation was something like, Gandalf challenges Frodo to a foot race, and that's the scenario. And Gandalf cheats, and... He's rubbed it in Frodo's face that he's cheating and winning, and he goes, Ho-ho! Get bodied by an 8,000-year-old wizard! And uh, my brain immediately went, hang on. Gandalf's not 8,000 years old. I... I know how old Gandalf is. I've done the math on that. Um, And so I stitched the guy. But at the time, I didn't actually know how to stitch. So I just randomly took a screenshot of it and put it as my background. So my very first TikTok looks terrible. It's so bad. Um, But... It inspired me because I got a comment, which is not ever something I had really done before on a TikTok. I had deleted, I think, most of the TikToks I had ever tried to do for, like, my other weird random hobbies. Like, I know how to speed rap, and I kind of look like Lin-Manuel Miranda, so I was trying to hop on the Hamilton (laughs) train when that was going on. Um, Uh. But it was uh, that night that I went, I know a couple more facts. Why don't I post one? And then I post one. And then I post uh, a second, and it's the Aragorn and Arwen are related video, uh, which they are, they're they're cousins, uh, several dozen times removed. And then I, uh, it kind of got to the point where I was so drunk, I just posted six. I was up until about 3 a.m. making these videos, and I woke up to 10,000 followers, and the rest is history. <laughs>
0: That's the good hyper-focused special interest brainworms that just make you do stuff. Yep. And then suddenly you've created a monster. That you're I, not really to. I really have
2: I really have. It's it's kind of bizarre looking back on it because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, and in all mm-hmm. fairness, I don't think I do even now. Um, but it's been quite the wild ride.
0: Ah, right, that's that's us with the podcast. Uh, We were just, like, uh, when when Carrie J and I started it uh, five years ago now, uh, it was just, we had talked on Twitter and and hung out and, like, put a bunch of fan theories in chats. And we're like, hey, what if we just, like, did a podcast? We, like, know more about magic lore than basically anyone. (laughs) And uh, here we are
2: well it's I mean props to you for doing this for five years that is that is no easy task to to keep something going and it's honestly I I always tell people who want to be content creators is like you you kind of just need to do it and accept that it's going to be bad in the beginning because yeah for for I don't know if I can speak for anybody else except myself but for me the 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 Goal is it has to be perfect the first time and it never is. And I look back on it and I go, what was I thinking? But I'm always scared to take that first step. So I uh, I, I encourage anyone listening to this, if they, you know, if you want to do it, just just kind of do it.
0: Yeah, uh we I had a, I think, $30 microphone when we started.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I was and, I was running and... off of a MacBook Pro from 2013. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's bad sometimes. It's bad.
0: Uh, and then we were like, we we had been recording for a couple of months, and we're like, what if we like started a Patreon so we got like enough money to buy us nicer <laughs> microphones?
1: Uh,
0: and and now it's five years later. Well,
2: there you Just, go.
0: Uh, this is this is episode two fifty one, I think.
2: Wow. Yes.
0: Messed up. Messed no, up. that's
2: awesome. That's awesome. Pat yourselves on the back for that one. They come out almost every week. I listen. If you have a consistent release schedule and f- a fan base willing to listen to you, that's that's a great place to start. And that, did I hear it. you correctly? Have you have you had people from uh, Wizards or from Magic on here? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, kind of in a way. Almost
1: every episode features someone on Wizards payroll. So oh. uh, Jay and I
0: are both contractors. Um, I do a lot of names and flavor text for various sets. Not this one. Um, and i write the uh planeswalker dialogue for Arena. really yeah
2: am i allowed to swear on this podcast oh you know we do it okay cool (laughs) yeah um that's fucking cool guys that's really awesome Um,
1: yeah jay is the uh the lore master for magic the gathering so he's he's on contract to uh Go through and make sure they don't have any, you know, anyone calling someone an 8,000-year-old wizard when they're only, like, 800. <laughs> Quick, how old is Jace?
0: Uh, about 27-ish?
1: You know, it's funny, it's in Jay's book, which is over on the shelf, so <laughs> go grab it. But, uh, yeah, right. so that's Jay's role, and then I'm just here. But, uh... <laughs> So you, you're, you've you're told us the origin story of your TikTok, but tell us the origin story of your love for Lord of the Rings, because oh, you don't just you don't just hyper focus on obscure Lord of the Ring facts uh, in the, the middle of the night unless you have a history. Oh, I've, I, I've got a history. Okay,
0: Chris, <laughs> you say that and one, one day I'll tell a story of how I in one week read about six or seven different academic papers about how B. Gender is determined, and the answer is uh, ultimately we don't know. But that's that's a whole other story.
2: I want an entire <laughs> Sometimes podcast. These things just happen, Chris. I, I want an entire podcast dedicated <laughs> to this. Please give me give me your obscure B facts, please. I have so <laughs> many. Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, yeah. We're doing the interview here. Yes. Tell yes. Your uh, that's what ten years of journalism experience will do to you. I always flip the interview for the other folks. You know, that's fair. Yeah, you got to you got to you got to roll with the punches. Uh, and you know, I've I've had enough people tell me to uh, to to shut up and never talk to me again on camera uh, that I just had to learn to be good at it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I told you I was going to get on some weird tangents, so uh, let's let's continue on to these. not nope, makes for a good show. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my origin story for Lord of the Rings is a little bit different than most other people. Um because when it came out, I was still pretty young. I was about 8 or 9 years old, I think, maybe 10. I'm terrible at math. And I just, every time I tell the story, I think I should go back and figure out the math. And then I never do because I forget. And then the only other time I think about doing the math is when I'm on another podcast. So when I was young, in the single digits or 10, my mom uh, actually started reading the book because I had grown up with, um, you know, Narnia, Redwall, mm-hmm. Del Toro's Quest, uh, all of those sort of standard uh, fantasy uh, things as a kid. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think you might like this, but it's a little uh, it's a little dark because, you know, they're speaking in not old English, but they're speaking in they use the word hither and thither. And to me, at eight (laughs) years old, that was just not cool. So she summarized every chapter um, every morning at the breakfast table. So she started with fellowship. And then, you know, I got the first chapter one day and then the second chapter the next day. And we just kind of kept going for for weeks at a time, um until eventually uh return of the king uh was finished and like i I remember there was this very visceral moment i uh that's still ingrained in my mind of my mom summarizing it to my sister and i and and she goes and Gollum falls into the lava, and Gollum dies, and I just remember my sister and I going. No, what? Because we we (laughs) wanted we both wanted Gollum to be that redeemable character. And he he was to a point and then he wasn't. And it was that first time I had really had that sort of adult thought of maybe the bad guys are not redeemable and that characters can be complex. I didn't actually like think those exact words at the time, (laughs) Um, but it unlocked something in my brain. Uh, And so lo and behold, my mom is like, hey, by the way, you're never going to guess this. Also, don't tell your sister because she's too young. She was like a couple years younger than me. Um, There's a movie coming out for these books. And I'm like, no way. Um, And so she uh, brings home the DVD of Fellowship of the Ring. And um, we watch the first half up until Pippin says, where are we going? And I remember her pausing it and saying, "Okay, listen, we... um, we need to go pick up your sister from dance lessons. Um, you you have to wait until tomorrow until we finish this. And I went, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> and I, I just remember having like a mini tantrum. I'm like, you can't be serious. Um, also, she attempted to shield my face from the Bilbo Baggins scary face and failed miserably. So that has been ingrained in my mind since I was like 10. That
0: is
1: a very terrifying face. God bless you, Ian Holm. <laughs>
2: he was a good man a good man um yeah and so my my obsession just kind of snowballed for the rest of my life i loved uh i loved um the movies i went back and read the books when i was in high school and college i tried to read the silmarillion it took me four months and i was like you know (laughs) maybe this isn't for me but i was so proud of myself for getting through it i think i was in like a Someone
0: I know of the and that's pretty fast.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of <laughs> the. Uh, oh, well, well, uh, mm, it was my like sixth or seventh attempt, so speed was not my my strong suit on that one, and I skipped a lot of the words I didn't understand. Um, but I'm, I'm now to the point where I think I generally understand the story a little bit, but it's one of those things where I'm like, Hey, if you don't like rings of power, that's cool. I get that there are some, some faults with it, but like, please don't tell me that the plot is good and we should like be respecting the story because it's not there it's just like several hundred years of human history just like and then this king arthur as a qatar and then he and then the 200 years later and queen and then blah 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 i'm like all right yeah i don't understand any of this the first time i'm reading this i'm just gonna like skip the words i don't know and carry on
0: Mm -hmm. uh from what i i guess uh follow up question to this is so there's there's knowing diegetic lore lore of the lord of the rings jesus those words are too close together (laughs) Um, and uh how how much of that is is also kind of being a tolkien historian is is that something that that is part of your personal little fandom sphere as well
2: um historian seems like a really nice compliment that does not apply to (laughs) me that's very kind of Uh you to say but no i think i think it was more um i think it was more just how the characters interacted with each other and how i identified with them uh i i was really short growing up i was diagnosed with growth hormone deficiency um so i was like six to eight inches shorter than most of my classmates for for years in in elementary school and high school um and I I had to like I had to actively like take medication for it to like make sure that my growth wasn't stunted or that I didn't have any developmental problems um I'm six I'm six one six two in shoes now and I I um I tend to just think about how fortunate I am that like I didn't have any developmental issues because the doctors told me I probably would have been about one with my head a little bit too large for my body. So when I was really little, I really identified with the hobbits like Frodo, Sam, Merry and Pippin were my favorite characters because they were the tiny guys compared to everybody else. And I felt as though I could relate to them. Um, so that was like the first thing that caught my attention. And then I just kind of started going into a deep dive of hobbit lore and then whatever you know stuck out to me, stuck with me because it was important to me at the time. And then it never really stopped because I just kept learning and learning. And you know, there's Wikipedia rabbit holes, and now there's things like the OneRing.net and Tolkien Gateway, and all these fandoms and mm-hmm. uh, these fandom websites. And you know, Reddit is a website now. Uh, <laughs> I've got. That's one gotten, way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> I I try not to put too much stock in in uh, that that place, but my goodness, I've spent I've spent a lot of time on that website and through my years. But um, yes, all of that is to say, um, historian is a very nice way to put it. But honestly, there are plenty of things that I still don't know about the Lord of the Rings. It just so happens that I was fortunate enough to be able to remember a lot, and people have sort mm-hmm. of for for. <laughs> for reasons I, I have still sometimes yet to understand, uh, have still kind of gravitated towards um, my content. And I, I consider myself very fortunate for it.
1: Yeah, I think people people like Lord of the Rings content where the creator is enthusiastic and uh, friendly and happy to talk about it uh, rather than Lord of the Rings content where people are trying to tell people, no, no, this is the correct story and interpretation. And this is what the character looked like.
2: So you have been on YouTube in the last year. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's... I've been on YouTube for much longer than I care to admit. <laughs> now, I was going to say, like, my, my enjoyment of Lord of the Rings, because uh, I also have an a extensive history. I have a map of Middle Earth on my wall in my living room. Um, nice. <laughs> not just, not just like in my bedroom or my office, there is a gilded map of middle earth in a frame, uh, a wooden frame built by my father in our living room. Oh, you, f- you fancy, you yeah. kind of fancy. Okay. Okay. My, well, I, my, my father gave me a copy of the Hobbit. Uh, this was long before the movies were coming out, but I assume he probably had heard they were going to make an adaptation of the the books. Um, but he gave me a copy of the Hobbit, uh, for Christmas one year and told me I had to read the whole thing before I could watch the movie of it, which was at that time the uh, animated uh, Hobbit movie. Because mm. um, he was like, there's a lot of stuff missing from this movie that's in the book. And you're going to be really upset if you <laughs> read the book <laughs> after watching the movie.
2: Where's Toriel? Uh, so, yeah. So we. we oh, uh, no. Sorry. Sorry. You meant the Ralph Bakshi versions. Yes. No, I'm, I meant I'm like gonna, the. Sorry. Com- that's. The
1: completely missing Arkenstone. Uh, but anyways, That's we. Right I read yeah. the book. Um, I still have it on my shelf. It's a very prized possession of mine. Uh, and then after that, I was like, I'm going to read Lord of the Rings. Um, and at this point, the movies were coming out. And so I got like, you know, a copy of the the Fellowship of the Ring. I started reading it and I was like, I am 11 years old. <laughs> um, <laughs> I cannot parse this information. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Too many big words. And So.
1: Oh, yeah. So for me, most of my early love of Lord of the Rings came from the movies. Um and we're going to talk about that but I do I do want to cover something we would started earlier in the podcast before we get too far. You said you love Magic the Gathering. Can you tell me your history with Magic the Gathering as well? Yeah, just I can. briefly.
2: It's All right, so I will I will say this. Um it, it's such a very interesting dichotomy because uh and I I I love my mother dearly. Um my it was 2003. And I was over at a friend's house and he said, do you want my mom to take us to the card shop? Do you have $4? Because we're going to go buy a pack of cards. I'm like, Pokemon cards? And he goes, no, better. And in my brain, I'm like, I, I, I'm like no, there's, there's nothing better than Pokemon. I'm, I'm like 10 or 11 at that point. There, there's nothing better than Pokemon. And he goes, no, this one's cooler and so i buy a pack of the scourge uh it's like Mm -hmm. one of those weird draft boosters uh from 2003 and it is the coolest thing i have ever seen in the world there's cool flying birds and wizards like gandalf but they're all edgy and they're attacking each other and they're not like this sort of anime style it's very like Conan the Barbarian esque. I'm like, this is really awesome. But then I get home and I'm still keeping the cards inside the plastic foil. And on the outside, if you've ever, if you Google the 2003 Scourge Draft, it's like this weird skeleton with a whip. And it's all like, it's very like red, black, aggro, death. Fire and flames vibes, and she takes one look at it and goes, "Absolutely not." So every time I went over my friend's house for the next few years, I would just buy a pack of magic cards and keep them at his house, and we would play. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I mean, that's a
1: that's a good friend there to just be able to go over and play magic.
2: He really is, and, and I'm I'm fortunate enough that we are actually still friends. Um, he's he has since. Uh, he no longer plays, and I have since um, had the pleasure of uh, being able to sort of take his set and put it to great use because my wife and I uh, now play, and I'm teaching all of my TikTok friends uh, utilizing those cards.
1: Yeah. So, how was it? How was it hearing about the Lord of the Rings crossover universes beyond, like taking your your peanut butter <laughs> and chocolate and putting them together?
2: Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I will say, I when I first heard about it. I wasn't as excited as I think I am right now, but only because I am typically a very skeptical uh, person because, you know, when, when I like one thing, I like that thing. But if that thing changes too much, I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) this might make me uncomfortable if it's not good. I'm scared. Uh, And, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough now, many, you know, months uh after the fact uh to know that the the set is incredible and i am so excited for it now but when i first heard about it i went "Ooh, that's different i don't know if i'm gonna like it and i i've slowly been building the hype for basically the last two years
0: yeah this was uh it's not obviously the first universe is beyond thing that was because it's done but uh this is the first one that's like a full draftable magic set and not just like some commander decks or a secret lair. I'm I'm a something. huge
2: Warhammer fan. Cannot tell you how disappointed I was when I heard that uh Warhammer was not going to have its own like drafts and boosters and uh it made me sad. It made me sad.
0: Though I still can't believe how good those decks were and how fun we had uh ethan fleischer the lead designer on those decks at a huge warhammer fan on to talk about the lore of warhammer and talk about an ip that's fucking wild
2: (laughs) (laughs) hey listen if we want to take a sidetrack from from lord (laughs) of the rings to warhammer stuff i will deep dive with you this has been my new hyperfixation since like november Uh of last year and oh my god this is the weirdest franchise i've ever seen in my life (laughs) but i love it but i love it i love it it's so weird it's so science fictiony and it knows exactly what it's doing to the point where like you can't be serious but also like i respect you for leaning in so far to the left that you're actually turning right now like i i respect it it's great
1: I definitely recommend go if you haven't listened to it to go listen to our episode with Ethan about Warhammer, because it was uh most of us weren't really familiar at all with it. So learning the lore pretty much in real time was very fascinating.
2: Stuff about the Emperor and the cloning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It gets weirder the more you think about it. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, yeah, and I like I knew I knew a little bit about the Space Marines heading in and that was about it. And then like learning about the space elves with their soul stones that power machines and uh, yeah
2: yeah there's a whole
0: chaos realm that just like exists
2: yeah it's basically mordor in space but you know that yeah
0: (laughs) um and it's great it's like it's like warhammer aesthetics are, are are like it's very that late 80s early 90s over the top grittiness uh very spawn-esque too uh yeah and and, like it's just stayed that way it hasn't changed that
2: no and that's Um, that i kind of respect that almost a little bit more because they've stayed i want to say almost too true like stayed true to a fault with leaning into the sort of 80s power fantasy of like fist of the north star uh and all of those like huge (laughs) macho man animes uh Mm -hmm. i i I think i think if i were to give it a modern equivalent it's like science fiction jojos combined with like the predator (laughs) franchise um but it's it's weird it's wild it's wild but again I, i love it it's one of those weird adorable deep dives that i can just be like oh this is a world i can get lost in why is everybody i know dead in this franchise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we get too far, sorry, off topic, yes, I, I told you I was gonna get are, sidetracked.
2: This is where this is where the no, podcast was, interrupts me.
1: I just had the thought of what if someone just starts this episode in the middle for some reason <laughs> and hears us talking about Warhammer and goes, Wait a minute. Well, um, this was the Lord of the Rings guy. Yeah. What the hell is he doing right now? back to back to uh lord of the rings um
0: to, to be to be fair chris they get crap like that on any given episode because i also exist on this show and i also have this
2: problem <laughs> this is true oh this is a great abbott and costello relationship you all have with each other i love it all
0: right so. we're a mess. it's great
2: <laughs> lord of the good rings this, <laughs> yes sorry lord of the rings we were we were talking <laughs> <Yes>. about <laughs> the, the lord of the rings
1: <laughs> so lord of the rings universe is beyond magic set Uh, You said you weren't super excited for it at first. Hype got built. My question is, once you started feeling excited about this uh, set, what were some things? Because, you know, you knew this wasn't going to be like a film adaptation card set. Right. Because like the first thing they did was they showed art of these characters and was like, this is not the Gandalf from the movies. This is not, you know, yeah, this is going to look different so we know it's on a film adaptation sorry my, 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 mm-hmm.
0: my brain is just like late night tv this ate your mother's commercial <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> ad for this product and anyway continue
1: so so we know it's on a film adaptation card set so you know that they can do more with it so my question for you don is like what were the things that you started thinking oh my god or what 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 were you excited to see because I was oh, sitting there man. thinking like, oh, man, I can't wait to see how they do like Sting or how we get like uh, Saruman and Sauron. And like I wanted to think like what their cards would have like. But what were you like thinking like, oh, this is an opportunity to get something on the cards that you love from the books or from the lore of Lord of the Rings that's not really present in the movie?
2: Yeah, um, it's it's so strange just because I it's it's very clear to me now sort of uh, I, I say this, you know, with the full disclosure that like I have been in partnership with some folks from magic who have like actively worked to promote this set and they've, you know, recorded my reactions and showed me some of the cards and I'm um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of blown away by the uh, level of detail they went into. Um, I, my, my initial expectation was I really hope they capture the spirit of Lord of the Rings in that um in 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 the way that every adaptation does but a little bit differently right i wanted it to be its own thing i i'm Honestly, I'm very glad that they didn't go with like a more movie centric direction that Aragorn is not a carbon copy of Viggo Mortensen and Gandalf doesn't look like Ian McKellen. Um, Because I think that that path has been tread already, right? That trail has been blazed. People have walked it. And I think the Tolkien community is in such a cool, unique position right now to offer... Uh, a new audience and a different audience uh, new content, right? I mean, think about the Tolkien community, right? We get new content basically once a decade for the last 30 to 40 years, right? We get the Bakshi and the animated movies, and then we get the Jackson trilogy, and then we get the Hobbit trilogy, and now 10 years later-ish, we've got Rings of Power. And it almost seems like we're in this sort of like, late stage capitalism rampant let's milk this ip for all it's worth kind of uh uh mode for everything um but i'm i'm thrilled to to look at these cards and say oh they did their due diligence they did their research um and i was i was so excited to to be able to see the things that you know that Peter Jackson couldn't do. That Ralph Bakshi couldn't do. That uh, Rings of Power couldn't do. Because, you know, TV shows are different than card games. Movies are different what? than... Ad- I know, crazy thoughts, right? It's almost as if things can be different and we can still enjoy all of it, right? Wild. Um, but it's... Sorry, that was sarc. I don't know if that came off well <laughs> enough. That was sarcasm. Oh,
0: I... I, I I my I have a BA in film studies, so... Oh, okay, I'm so you understand. You. I'm with you, mm-hmm. and I, I love a- adaptation and intertextuality are, like, some of my favorite things about media literacy, so I'm I'm fully on board with you.
2: Don't worry. Hell yes. All right, excellent. <laughs> okay, so yes, 100%, that was sort of my aim for it, as being, you know, different, but still capturing the spirit mm-hmm. of the original Middle Earth. Um, yeah. And I was so excited, on a completely separate note, to think... Oh, my gosh. Magic is going to get like a whole new revival Uh, to borrow a phrase from a mermaid in a movie that just very recently came out. A whole new world. Oh, wait, no, that's that's Aladdin. Dang it. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) that that live action movie did come out, but it was like a year or year or two ago. Um, But it really is. It's Mm. this whole new sort of revamp of Tolkien. And we get to go back and experience it in a different way compared to, you know, the Peter Jackson movies or the Backshee movies or the Rings of Power. Like it is its own thing. And I love going back to Middle Earth. But I always want to make sure that the way I go back to Middle Earth is different every time. Right. I want to try and approach it with a new perspective. And this set, just based on what I've seen so far, feels unique but familiar. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a good vibe, and it's a vibe like it's a vibe that Magic tries to do internally a lot. Like you know, we've had a million sets on Dominaria, and every time we have a new set on Dominaria, it has to be well. We need to do a Dominaria set, and it has to feel like Dominaria, but it can't feel like all the other Dominarias. And how do you do that? And it's tricky and hard. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I've, I've been on a couple of return sets and I, I, um, worked on March of the Machine, so it, it was literally, how do we make this feel different than, uh, the previous times we've been to all these planes and so you put Phyrexines there, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> so Love that. striking that balance of, um, of novelty and nostalgia is really hard um oh it's, and it's
2: insanely hard especially with lord of the rings right you're looking at one of the most especially the most beloved classics of of modern fantasy it's terrifyingly difficult
0: and just a, a fandom that is like like you know, magic is the biggest trading card game in the world not close and lord of the rings is so much more popular than it
2: uh and <laughs> God, when you put it like that it's a match made in and, heaven
0: and you know it, it it's not an in-house ip and uh it just it's hard
2: yeah i mean luckily the flavor text for for these cards is literally pulled right from the book mm-hmm. so they uh mm-hmm. they had a i had a nice thing going there but yeah it's it's it, i mean convenient but also like it's a nice it's a nice way to draw people in like a, the a thing <laughs> i think i'm most excited for honestly is i don't know if i was looking for anything in particular uh but as soon as i saw tom bombadil i knew i was making a five color commander deck but i think uh-huh. the thing <laughs> i'm a i'm a glutton for punishment i run uh five color ur dragon commander and uh it's, no it's it's still bad but i'm working on it <laughs> but thank you oh, no
0: i this this was not a judgment of the <laughs> deck's power level. This is just <laughs> excellent. Dragons big, breathe fire, go rar. Good and excellent.
2: That is exactly the vibe I was going for. Thank you for understanding exactly what I meant. Um, so t- Tom
1: Bombadil, I think, is like a perfect example for me of like when we saw that really early on, um, because I think we saw like Tom Bombadil, and like a version of Gandalf or like some art of Gandalf mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. early in the process and i remember seeing Tom Bombadil and thinking like here's a thing that a lot of people are going to look at and they're going to go who? Yeah because they're he's not he's not in the movies like ever. He's not even mentioned. I don't think nope. he even gets like a cuz i've watched all of the extended editions through recently because i'm preparing for the set and so i was like let's see what the movies did and there is no mention of him at all. Nope. And so i think that like looking at the set and seeing what they're doing in the set and going like, there's so much in here that people are going to have no clue. They've never seen these words before unless they've read the books. Um, And let's be honest, most people haven't. And that's Mm -mm. fine. They're very long. Uh, They're also beautiful. I really enjoy them, but like, I understand. Um, But I guess like, so my next thought is like, What other characters, when you saw Tom Bombadil, did you think, oh my God, are they going to put this character on a card? Are they going to like
2: oh are we gonna get a card
1: for these people like yeah it was it was was, what were you thinking
2: Glorfindel it was Glorfindel 100% all the way for those here's here's a fun obscure Lord of the Rings fact so Glorfindel is one of the coolest elves ever and I'm still a little salty at Peter Jackson cutting him from the movies I understand why he did it though and I like that he gave Arwen agency because she doesn't have any in the books so What you have in Glorfindel is the elf that rescues Frodo from the Nazgul in Fellowship of the Ring, and then he's never seen or spoken of again. However, when Tolkien went back and wrote the Silmarillion, he was like, I love this elf, and he's very cool, and he's going to do a bunch of very cool things. And he does. Glorfindel kills a Balrog and then falls off a cliff with that Balrog and dies to save a bunch of people running from a burning city called Gondolin. And then he gets re re-in- not reincarnated, but resurrected as elves do after many thousands of years and comes back to middle earth to keep fighting bad guys. And I love that he is that kind of character. He is one of my favorites, despite the fact that he um, gets very little uh, screen time or mention uh, in the trilogy. But a little bit more in the Silmarillion. But God, he's cool. He's so cool, and I love it. Sorry, I told you I was gonna go on tangents. And and
1: no, no, that's great. (laughs) This is it. That's
2: exactly what I wanted. I wanted to know
1: like (laughs) what characters, what characters are we getting on cards, or who you know we might have you know at the time we didn't know, but now I think we've seen almost the whole set. Yeah, yeah. Which characters were we like? Oh my God, who's gonna show up that we're like excited about? Because like I was excited for Gandalf. Like I know that's very basic, but he was.
2: No, oh, no, Gandalf Love also. Gandalf, Gandalf. Um, Is um, so I was really,
1: I was like, we're gonna get a Gandalf card. But then there was another part of me that was very excited at like the concept of like, oh, we're doing the books. Like, what if we get like a Radagast card? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if we get like uh, a card for the other, you know, like all these other characters who get like a little bit of time on screen? Um, I was really excited. Like, we're gonna get a Faramir card. Like, here's a character who's like underappreciated, and so that's what I was excited about when I saw the set. Um, so i was like thinking like you know someone who really loves deep cuts in lord of the rings what were you excited about and it was the elf who gets like a couple of moments in (laughs) the the fellowship of the ring
2: he gets he gets a few lines (laughs) a few cool scenes and then boom he's gone and never heard of again and i wanted more of that and i i think honestly Glorfindel was my big one Glorfindel is my big one um but i in in looking at this set i don't even think i knew what to expect But now that I've seen it, I'm so thrilled with how they handled it because you've got cards. And and I I think if I'm remembering correctly, I, 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 when does this episode air? Because I've seen cards and there's a good chance not all of them have been released yet. So have we seen everything yet?
1: I cannot confirm that we've seen everything.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, I will tread lightly. Feel free to cut out anything that is not kosher.
1: Um. I would say err on the side of we haven't seen everything. Okay, cool. Um, because I don't think they've put the full set out. It should they be out like tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm yeah. not positive.
2: Because today, <laughs> today was uh, today was the commander stuff. If I we're, we're recording mm-hmm. this on yeah. the eighth of June and it was commander stuff, so like the things that I didn't even think were going to be, uh, uh, you know, even possible or like relevant there's nine different versions of the ring wraith cards that's Uh awesome didn't even think that was going to be a thing and now it is and i love it there's a lobelia sackville baggins card (laughs) and she's she's a black (laughs) color of the card not skin color hobbit i need to make that distinction because this card set has done some really cool things with their own interpretations of stuff uh of of their own cards and i I love it and it's yeah. like it's i I think the thing I appreciate most about this set is not oh, I was expecting this or oh, I was expecting to see this or I want to see this Mm-mm. it's the i came in with very few expectations, and I was really impressed by how um how deep the cards go compared to um you know, a, a typical adaptation like Peter Jackson, where you do have to cut Tom Bombadil or you replace Arwen with Glorfindel because Glorfindel's not really relevant in the story. Uh, neither is Tom Bombadil for that matter, but that's a, that's an internet war <laughs> yeah. for another day. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's one of those things that I just kind of look at now and I, I say, Oh my gosh, these are, these are awesome. And it's, it's, hard i i don't know if what any of you have sort of experienced this it's hard for me as a content creator to truly get excited about something especially when the company who is putting it out wants to you know get my reaction for it like rings of power is a great example um i've i've had interactions previously with you know hbo max for for the 20th anniversary of the uh peter jackson uh trilogy Stuff like that, but it's it's you know even stuff like the Gollum game or the Return to Moria game, which I think we got a trailer released uh, today, actually, hmm. for that game. But it's um it's one of those things where as a creator you're like, all right, do I need to temper my expectations so I don't look fake or I don't look bought out or I, I believe the the term that uh, most people use online is shill, and I, I always want to make sure that my reactions are genuine, but like. My God, if if the little you know ten year old in me isn't freaking out right now because his two of his favorite things are combining in such a way that like it's really fucking cool, and I think that's mm-hmm. the most important part of all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. No. That <laughs> was, I, I left. No, I left you all both I, hanging I, on I, that I, one, I, but that was that was it. That's my uh, thoughts.
0: None none of those sentiments are unique to you. They are all very Okay, strange. cool.
2: Cool cool. cool. Uh-huh. I like to make sure I'm not alone.
0: Uh yeah, no, we have we've had a lot of accusations hurled our way because we're generally excited about magic and magic stories. So Yeah, God uh, forbid
2: you get excited about a thing that you like, right? Like right. how right. how dare you how dare you feel passionately about something that brings you joy in this capitalistic hellscape we all live in.
0: Well, it's it's also that and also it's also like being a film person, having to exist in the post CinemaSins hellscape. Of oh my god!
2: <laughs> listen, listen. Can I can I go on a quick diatribe for a second? Yes. I like Cinemasins for what it is. I think Jeremy yeah. is a great guy. I've never met him, but he seems like a lovely man. I think that a bunch of angry teenagers watched Cinemasins and completely missed the point. That it's satire and that movies are meant to be enjoyed, and they just went full anti, and it just ruined a big part of the nerd culture to the point where we're now like fighting amongst each other in this weird, very stupid culture war. Sorry again, I told you I was gonna (laughs) go on tangents. Here we are. Um, No, this is a good one. But uh, thank you, thank you. But like, it it's so wild to me. Uh, to see you know you mentioned CinemaSins I'm like oh yeah I remember that and then the evolution of again not that I'm blaming Jeremy specifically from CinemaSins but like I feel like a bunch of people watch that and when I hate everything now everything is bad <laughs> and I just like like stop like please stop this is I I just want to enjoy the thing I enjoy please don't it's ruin It's also this like, me. yeah
1: I <laughs> you're just not allowed to not like something anymore. You have to like, in my experience, cause it's like magic story comes out, you know, and sometimes I'm not like crazy about it. Sometimes I'm just like, I find the good things I enjoy about it and yeah, then I'll just stop yeah, talking. Yeah. But then people are like, this was garbage. Blah, blah, and they'll like try and give me all these reasons why it was so bad. And I'm like, I just, I just was vibing with it. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't, 100%. I didn't hate it. I'm like, there's things I don't like, but like, I'm just, I don't need to go on like a rant about why it was bad. I can just say, eh, I mean, it was fine.
2: Yeah, you know? just, just let me, let me enjoy the thing I enjoy. Leave me alone. Go away. I don't just want just, it. just
1: allow me to be ambivalent.
2: Yeah, I, oh, God. that's a, that's a great quote. Can I borrow that? Can I borrow that? That's a great you can, quote.
1: You can steal it. Actually. You don't have to give it back.
2: Well, I mean, technically it's not stealing. If I've asked you already, right? Like, if I say it and I didn't ask you, that'd be rude. This is stealing. True. Now. Yeah. Is it stealing if you win it in a riddle contest? Are we about to have a riddle contest? You you didn't tell me that was part of the podcast, but I'll do it.
1: No, I was just thinking of Gollum and, and Bilbo.
2: Oh, um, uh, the...
1: can we, can we talk about
0: the Gollum card? The Gollum cards. Oh, <laughs> the, the, the Gollum card that, does the guessing game with your <laughs> the top part of your library yeah that, that card's great
2: uh this is this is one of those things that i think does really uh that th- they've done really well in that the this is the you mean the golem scheming guide card yeah this is the rare uh, golem card <laughs>
0: whichever yeah whichever yeah, yeah, it yeah. is that that does the guessing yeah game
2: it's uh hang on hang on i'm 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 on you might need to cut this part out. I'm on Scryfall right now. Is that okay? Should I go on another website? Yes. That... No, okay. Scryfall is what we use. No, we use. love Scryfall. Excellent. So I'm on <laughs> Scryfall right now. Whenever Gollum Scheming Guide attacks, look at the top two cards of your library, put them back in any order, choose a land or non-land. An opponent guesses the top card of your library is the chosen kind. Reveal the card if they guessed right, remove Gollum from combat. Mm-hmm. What? Otherwise, you draw a card and Gollum can't be blocked. this turn. Tra- uh, like, how, who thought of that that's never been a mechanic in magic before this is so in line with it's really silly it's it's so Mm -hmm. silly and i love it again you lean into the thing that feels cringe and all of a sudden you've come out the other end and it's awesome this
0: is why golem's irredeemable that's why he can (laughs) never can never make it the whole way he's too cringe
2: Ooh, (laughs) ooh. you've given me something to think about and i don't like it
1: he is. He has embraced I, the cringe that was all a joke. the way into the you fires.
2: Of <laughs> He's too. Is Gollum too? Is Gollum? Gollum feels like the. Oh God! Is it? Is it? it does Gollum have incel energy or just uh obsessive ex-boyfriend energy?
0: He's Oof. he has he has too long in the discourse echo chamber energy.
2: Oh, there we go. Yeah, he has echo chamber. Thank you. That's that's perfectly put. Perfectly put. Yep.
1: My my personal favorite Gollum uh thing for this set is that they have several cards named Gollum and then one card named Smeagol. <laughs> Just they, they gave him a Smeagol card as well. Which
2: I, I mean, he, he is he is Smeagol. And there are, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of adorable because the one I, I think it's the it's the rare black green one. The Smeagol mm-hmm. helpful guide. And it's like he's kind of smiling and sticking his tongue out and it's cute. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's adorable. And then you remember like what he has done and what he is will do, will do. <laughs> and or I guess it all takes place in the past technically. But, you know, here we are. Uh, well I mean it's it's a different
1: world it could be in the future who knows
2: um, uh, I mean <laughs> this technically, could be prophecy listen if you if you want to go on a deep dive technical yes. technically okay again and I I've, I've mentioned this on a couple of podcasts before um Tolkien considered the Lord of the Rings universe our own universe and it's really tough to justify that ever. Uh so I when people ask me that question I'm like listen. Uh probs nah dude if you catch my drift. But that's that's about it. The Tolkien just really wanted this to be really wanted this to be like the 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 modern day we're in like the seventh age I think he said uh, right before he passed I was like um are we, though? Like, there were dinosaurs, <laughs> and there were, you know, there's a whole number of other scientific data to prove you wrong. You could just have your own fantasy world. I'm not going to stop you there, John. But, you know, or excuse me, his his proper name, Joel Keen. <laughs> Joel Keen. Yeah. Are, are you familiar with that meme? I, sometimes I have to explain am, that meme.
1: I am not familiar, but I immediately understood it was john and tolkien together thank thank you yes um so
2: jolkeen (laughs) roll here the full meme is jolkeen rolkeen rolkeen tolkien uh the it comes from a 2018 tweet that says uh something along the lines of today has been a really bad day but i just listened to one of my kids explain to another one of my kids that jrr tolkien's real name was jolkeen rolkeen rolkeen tolkien and for whatever reason, <laughs> that caught on for it's years. really funny it's really funny, and it's really good so i'm uh i'm I'm very much in the the jolking Rolking, Rolking, tolkien uh, camp of things
1: so we are we are ending our normal time uh very soon, but I do
2: now you've got me for at least so... another six hours. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding i don't think i want to edit a six hour <laughs> oh podcast. you know what that's a good point that's a good point respect, respect. Um,
1: but i do i do have some cards that are deeper cuts that i do want to ask you about bring it um only because i have so i've read the books uh when i was in high school middle school age um i did not process a lot of it because you know you're you're young. Your brain is not fully, you know, capable of absorbing information. Uh, I am trying to reread them now. So a few cards I've like picked up on, but some of these things are people. People will not know who these are. Um, but there's some like important proper nouns. So you've already talked about Glorfindel. Mm-hmm. You've talked a little bit about Bill Ferny, Bree Swindler, but can you
2: explain why he gives people horses? <laughs> <laughs> What a, what a truly bizarre mechanic for a card. But yes, Bill Fernie is the owner, or should I say previous owner, of Bill the Pony. Now, if you're wondering, huh, that's kind of weird. Why would Bill Fernie name a pony after himself? I'm still wondering that too, John. That makes King, perfect Roll sense to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have have you named your pets Lorelei as well? Is that is that how this works? Why not? <laughs> I, I mean you got me there my god man that's For,
0: so, some, perhaps, sometimes you're just a silly little guy and you name a pony after yourself
2: he, he is a silly little guy and it is incredibly vain to name a a pet after yourself it's like come here don sit don that'd just be weird <laughs> if i named my dog don that that'd...
1: perhaps perhaps he named the pony bill so he could take out loans uh, as bill and then claim that it was the pony who owed on them.
2: I don't know if you necessarily don't have to pay interest. I, I, I don't <laughs> necessarily know if Tolkien has gone into the banking system of Middle-earth, but I'm pretty sure uh, that's not how it works.
0: <laughs> I, I, I believe the banking system is Dragon took our gold. So.
1: <laughs> I, oh, yeah, you know, I put all of my wrong. investments in the Lonely Mountain. It worked out great for me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know Bilbo and the Thorin, they really, um, they really went after the the true capitalist pigs of the world. And my God, did they come out the other end on top!
1: All right, so so Bill has named a pony after himself, and is that why he gives people ponies? Because he's he gave the hobbits Bill the pony.
2: Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to understand oh, why he does this. So so Bill's not a great pony. Um, he's very frail, uh, and he only recovers after his time in Rivendell. Um, and it, it, uh, Frodo, I believe in the books, pays him a couple silver pennies to, um, to get him, just because, like, the Nazgul, I think, uh, to cause a distraction when they were trying to murder Frodo, I think a, a few of them just straight up destroyed the stables, and when... Um, and went like kind of ham on a couple of the the buildings there, and so all of the hobbits ponies escaped. Uh, so there was only one pony left, and they bought Bill because he was the only one there, and it was like one of those <laughs> supply and demand things. Bill Ferney was like, "Hmm, a pony. Uh, but you need this one. Uh, but there's only one left, so I'm gonna overcharge you a lot for it." Bill is a lot like an iPhone. Because you're going to buy it. You're going to buy it no matter what, because you need it because you're addicted. Sorry, that's that's not actually a good analogy, but it was the first thing that popped into my head.
1: Uh, so there's also uh, a few cards from the the Dane. Am I pronouncing that correctly?
2: Uh, D- Dune is usually the Dunedain. Listen, a, vowels in Tolkien mm-hmm. are a lot like whose line is it anyway? Most of it's made up and it doesn't really matter a that's a really old reference for those of you younger folks that are maybe not understanding sorry again dating myself
1: so so who are the Dunedain? we have a Dunedain blade we've got Dunedain rangers um i don't think they come up at all in the movies i think there might be like one throwaway line in the extended edition
2: there is if i remember
1: it and Mm -hmm. that's that's it that's all i remember of it
2: Yes. So uh, you're remembering the line that Eowyn says to Aragorn in the Two Towers Extended Edition. You are one of the Dúnedain men gifted with long life because Aragorn's actually 87. So the Dúnedain, the Dúnedain are the uh, descendants of this really cool group of humans that turned out to be not so cool after they got corrupted by Sauron. Um, uh, Spoilers potentially for the later seasons of Rings of Power. Um, But long story short, Tolkien's version of Atlantis is an island in between Middle-earth and the Undying Lands, which is the place where Frodo and Gandalf and Bilbo go at the end of uh, Return of the King. It's basically this elven paradise where the lesser gods and a bunch of the elves live, and it's wonderful and fantastic and awesome. Uh, But the humans can't go there. And so after a few thousand years, Sauron tempts a bunch of the humans and they're like, you should totally go there, man. You should, you should 100% go there because did you know that you can, you can steal their immortality? Did you know that you can do that? And then you can, you can also be immortal. And the humans are like, that's an amazing idea. We should 100% do that. And then they all die. Uh, But not everybody went to try to go to the undying lands to steal um, the immortality, which spoiler alert, you can't do, but the folks that stayed true to the relationship between the elves and respecting their boundaries and knowing that they knowing that they can't steal the immortality, um, they sailed to Middle Earth, basically in exile, uh, because Numenor is this you know wonderful island paradise that you know gets kaput, it's gone, and the descendants. So that's um, Elendil, who we see in the beginning of the Peter Jackson movies. Uh, Isildur, the guy that cuts off the ring. Isildur's got a brother that's not in the Peter Jackson things. Actually, here's another thing I hope they add. I hope they add Isildur's brother Anarion, because that would be a really deep cut that I'd appreciate. Um, Sorry, again, going on tangents, but um, the Dunedain are the descendants of those first men that came to Middle-earth after uh, Numenor was destroyed. I could have All just right. said that. I could have just said that part to begin with. I apologize again. <laughs> no, no. <it's, laughs> no, I, I,
0: I appreciate.
2: Yeah. Look, I am also a deep cut lover. One of my favorite
0: Planeswalkers is from a single short story in a book published 30 years ago. So. Wow. Um, I like Vram a normal amount. Nobody knows who Vram is, but I love Vram.
2: I'm going to Google awful. Vram She's right now. Worst. Hang on. Is, is she cool? Does she look cool?
0: Uh she she is a type of cursed human on Dominaria called the uh, the Dobane, um, who have a really unfortunate backstory of, uh, being slaves oh. to, uh, uh, after the, the empires of Sarpedia fell, um, a guy who called himself the real Torak, um, as people do in such cataclysmic times, and hmm. uh, uh, had a bunch of slaves that he raped. And uh, she, or uh, there was a uh, one of them killed him and killed their sons and escaped with their daughters. And so from beyond the grave, he cursed them to like always wander and always give birth to daughters and basically be like haha, your lives are bad now and I'm just like well this is kind of a crappy backstory <laughs>
2: um
0: uh but they have like golden skin and lavender hair um and Vram uh travels around with her daughter Mal um and uh shapeshifts and tricks people and murders a lot of people and uses she's a bad person uh Distant Plains Anthology is uh a book this is from the short stories "Foul um Basically, the whole overarching theme of Distant Plains is that planeswalkers suck shit and ruin people's lives. <laughs> um, and, and so through the course of the story, Vram uh, comes to this uh, swamp called Falmer to find a uh, retired uh, biologist named Peter Langwind, who's a half-elf.
2: That sounds like a Marvel character. That's not a real person.
0: <laughs> Dr. Peter Langwind!
2: That that really that just sounds like sorry that just sounds like a Marvel character. (laughs) Sorry, continue. I'm I'm (laughs) carry on.
0: Uh, and and so uh, she wants him to take her around the bog because she's looking for powerful monsters to summon in, in Planeswalker duels. Uh, so uh, he takes her to uh he's like well it's like the middle of winter so you're not gonna get much and she like snaps her fingers and the entire swamp blooms into summer uh and he's like this is going to have bad effects on the environment And she's like i don't care show me something cool so he takes her to this big frog which she then learns how to summon and then this other planeswalker shows up and and they have a duel with ram uh and meanwhile uh, Ram's daughter Mal is uh, who was disguised as a cat for most of the story. Turns out to be a five-year-old girl and is telling Peter about things like mana burn and adding mana to your mana pool and like the mechanics of magic, but through a five-year-old, she like she calls mana juice, and the mana pool is her pocket, and her mom keeps juice in her pocket, and but sometimes the juice stings her, and that's mana. It's a whole weird early mid-90s thing.
2: This sounds like the coolest thing, and I'm going to Google everything about it for the rest of the <laughs> evening as soon as we're done, so thank you so much.
0: Oh, no. Big explosion, because Vram sucks at planeswalker duels, and <laughs> he is assumed dead, and the entire swamp explodes, and, like, a huge chasm is ripped, and that diverts the flow of the river, because um, this is, like, a bayou-type situation. Of course it is. And, uh, then Peter and Mal And, uh, I forget the dwarf's name. Some A dwarf that she summoned, um, in the duel survive, uh, except, like, latent necromancy from the duels starts raising all these dead monsters around them. And then it turns out Mal knows a little bit of magic and makes their boat float. And they escape, and they're like, well, I guess I, you know, Peter is like, well, I guess I have to be this girl's dad now, uh... And this is Peter, like, has his own backstory of uh, he doesn't know where he's from. Uh, He doesn't remember because as a child, he was summoned. His parents were both summoned by a planeswalker uh, and he accidentally got pulled along and got stranded on Tom. And it's like a whole thing uh, because he hates it's really good. Ram is a terrible person and I love her for it.
1: (laughs) Well, now now when I write the description for this episode i have to include that it also includes a story summary of falmir from from the distant plains anthology yeah it's, it's
0: really it's really good i it's um it has a lot of thoughts on um the nature of i don't even know what word i'm
2: chasing here I mean, you've, you've basically just kind responsibility? of described, you've basically kind of described the last of us a little bit, or like any sort of found father figure with young yeah. girl. like So like the Witcher three or just the entire Witcher franchise, Logan, the movie, the X-Men movie, the last of us, uh, the, the found father trope, but yeah, I'm down for it.
0: There's, there's a lot of stuff about like integrity and responsibility that neither of which Ram has. Um... <laughs> And, um, Vram is just a bad person who does bad things, and I believe she's still alive. She doesn't die on screen. There's an explosion, (laughs) and then we don't see her.
2: Uh, Listen, if Marvel comics have taught me anything, it's that capitalism will never let anybody die. (sighs)
1: so on that note
2: yeah. um, <laughs> oh, God. No, before please, please, we get please.
1: into a discussion about uh ai voice models and uh oh, deep fakes oh,
0: um, look we 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 have been we have been on the cusp multiple times this episode of, of just raising the hammers and sickles
1: so
2: <laughs> yeah so
1: but before we do that um i do think we should do some quick final thoughts uh so for Don uh, at the end of every episode, we do a little bit of time where we just share our final thought. That's not necessarily related to anything that we've talked about on the episode. Uh, can be, doesn't have to just whatever we've been thinking about lately. Um, and it's just a good way to segue out so that we can, uh, you know, close yeah. out the show. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: uh, yeah. I, I love that. That's an awesome idea. Um, uh, uh, would you do you like want to go, to go first? first? Oh, I'm happy to go first. I'm happy to go last. How do you want to do this? That I am yeah.
0: I am going to forfeit my final thought because I just did that whole thing <laughs> and that was sort on of sidetrack.
2: See, we're not so, a, so different than what i done. That's a good final uh, <laughs> thought, though. That's a really good final thought.
1: Lorelai's final thought was Falmir. Um,
0: <laughs> I, it, hold on. I guess the real final thought is uh, Falmir is also the source for one of the other planets in dominaria's solar system dominaria the plane is a solar system there is a planet dominaria but the uh, closer to the sun is a planet called jinue which is uh referenced in uh this story nice. the only place in all of magic lore and i've been trying to reference it on a card and everyone goes nobody knows what this is nobody cares and i'm like but i care
2: <laughs> exactly and as long as you care somebody else might care and that's important right that's important Sorry, it I, sometimes it is. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> okay. yes, I guess I I've gotten a lot it. of
0: deep cuts in the magic.
2: OK, yes. yeah, so, listen, you know. I, I want more deep cuts. I feel like that that is what it should be.
1: We have we have 250 episodes of which several, probably at least 150 of them cover some very deep cuts.
2: You're going to make me binge your entire podcast. Oh, yes, I you? am. Oh, I'm, my God. I, I, I my, learned you're susceptible to this. So now oh. I'm trying to get it <laughs> happen. <laughs> this, is, this is how you get your viewers. You just make your guests your listeners. It's kind of genius, and I respect you for it. But damn, dude. Okay. Yes,
1: but sometimes our listeners become our guests and then become hosts. So <laughs> oh, i gotta watch how got That's, that's how, how, I how I get John on the
2: podcast. <laughs> All
1: right.
2: Done. what is your
1: final thought? What is the final thing you want to talk about in the episode?
2: Uh, final thing? Oh, God, you're, you're making me think deep thoughts uh, when, I've, when I've had no thoughts, just vibes for the last hour. Uh, I think the thing that I want people to take from this specific episode listening to me, if nothing else, is that if you're a Magic the Gathering fan listening to this episode, please give Lord of the Rings a chance if you haven't already, because I think it's a really amazing world. If you're one of my viewers that have never given Magic the Gathering a chance, uh, please do so, because I think there's a there's a certain level of um, community and togetherness that both fandoms have kind of been lacking lately, um, given all of the new Lord of the Rings stuff coming out, and given the... Um, Feel free to cut this if you need to. Uh, The sheer scope and number of things that have come out from uh, Magic in the last few years, the sheer number of products, kind of hard to keep up. I feel like we could all use something to sort of unite around. And this set feels like it, if that's not too much to say.
0: Oh, it's not too much to say. We're not sponsored.
2: Yeah, uh, wait, Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. Wizards of the Coast holds no power over us here. Oh,
0: you <laughs> have no but They, power they hold some legal power yes. over me personally. But. Okay, yes. well, I mean, look, the,
2: the worst you can do is get fired, in which case you will beg for your patrons to bring their friends, and it'll happen. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how <laughs> intense your fandom is, but like, you strike me as cool, cool dudes, right? We are, we are cool folks. Right on. Right on. Sorry, I didn't ask your, your pronouns. Dudes might be inappropriate, but I,
0: I apologize if that was...
2: <laughs> I always want to my,
0: uh, my pronouns are Caesar. I am...
2: Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
0: I have dude energy. Uh, that, that is... Dude's only a, like, one letter old... Hold on, math. Two letters away from dyke, so that's close enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I have big... I have, I have lots of dude
1: energy, so... Oh, it's Lorelai has the energy of, like, the skater kid in a 90s cartoon uh, in like the best way. Oh so. my God.
2: You're, you're Reggie from rocket power.
0: I, I have very normal thoughts about the art of Gerard way. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Um, and
1: my pronouns are he, more. him. All right. I am right a, on. I am a, a simple cis man. Um, but my final thought, uh, so the podcast has been following along for the past few weeks. I have hit our 200 of gameplay <laughs> in dragon age, um, hey. I have played 200 hours of the Dragon Age games in the last three weeks. Um, what? That is huh? a terrifying number to think about. Yeah. No, no, I'm
2: doing um, the math. Hang on, per week, mm-hmm. that's that's 70. You hours. shouldn't do the
1: math. Actually, no, I'm doing. I'm doing the math. <laughs> you really math. shouldn't.
2: I'm doing the fucking math. <laughs> <laughs> because uh,
1: I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so I put 45 hours into or uh, excuse me. I put how many hours was it 45 uh no it was 60 hours total cuz it was 45 and then 15 in Dragon Age Origins and then Awakening the uh expansion. Uh I put 30 hours into Dragon Age 2 and then I just finished a uh, 110 hour playthrough of Inquisition. So I have um I think uh I think I'm capable of saying uh, the games are okay. <laughs> They're, uh, they're all right. They're pretty okay.
2: My microphone's so bad. I'm so sorry for whoever has said it That was <laughs> not. No, gross. no, it's bad. It's bad. I can only apologize. Um, Okay, so two thoughts on that. One, respect. Also, maybe, maybe stop after a little bit more. <laughs> I really
1: should. I really should. I don't, I don't want to. I, I finished the final DLC for Inquisition last night at like 1 a.m., And then I immediately made a new character. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. I think I think that's that's as much as I want to admit right now. No, I can't think of a better way to end.
2: This is the best ending to a podcast I've ever (laughs) been on, bar none. Uh. wow. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for asking me. It's a pleasure being here. This has been so
1: much fun. If our listeners really enjoyed uh, this episode, which I hope they did, because I did, uh, where can they find you? Where can uh, they find more Don Marshall, Lord of the Rings obscure facts?
2: Yeah, so my home address is, no, I'm kidding. You can find me online at Don Marshall 72 pretty much across the board. TikTok is my main platform. Uh, I also have a backup account, which I never promote, but I've been putting out some really good, Good content by calling out uh, queer and neurodivergent people for all of the stuff that I do. They take it really personally when I'm like, hey, you're that person that stays up until one o'clock in the morning because you have bedtime procrastination because it's the only time you don't feel obligated to do things for other people. They're just self callouts on my part, but everybody else seems to do it. So you can also follow Don Marshall70TOO. I thought that was a very clever pun on my part, but. That's my backup account if you want the raw, unfiltered version of me. Otherwise, I'm the obscure Lord of the Rings Facts guy across all platforms. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Patreon. Uh, We are also in the midst of... um, When does this episode air? Can I promote Pride Month stuff, or will it be too late? Oh, I
0: In a couple days. Fantastic. Um, um, Oh,
2: fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, So we are in the midst of our June 2023 Pride Month launch. Uh, We've been doing this for three years. We work um, alongside the Trevor Project. Uh, We have raised... I want to say close to four thousand ish dollars uh, so far, uh, and oh, hell we are yeah, yeah. yeah, and we are only uh, eight days into the campaign. So thank you to everybody that has already gotten some Pride Month merchandise. Uh, and uh, if you want to go to, oh god, you know what's funny? I lost the domain name uh, because my credit card expired, and I forgot to uh, reconnect it. So if you go to <clears throat> Don Marshall, 72 S dash store dot creator dash spring.com. God, I hate this so much. Go to my link tree. Just post my link tree. Like the store. The link I'm tree. not Go to my link tree. It's so much easier. I promise. I'm so sorry. I should have thought about this ahead of time and I didn't. Uh, that is where you can find all of my stuff where uh my elvish translator friend Wizard Way, chris and i are raising money for the um queer community um and that is that is it i think that is the only other thing i need to promote uh except being kind to one another especially in june because there's a lot of hate out there and i i want it to stop you can cut that last part out. That was way too sappy. I got. Too I want you to know, there. I'm not. I'm well, not making <laughs> any cuts.
1: There, there's there's no cuts
2: being made. This oh, is going to be the longest episode. This. You don't even edit this. This is just going to be an hour and a half of my unfiltered thoughts. Good lord. <laughs>
0: I do, Wait, it's I do usually some edits, an hour of but... our unfiltered thoughts. <laughs> yeah, but
2: that's different. You're the hosts of this. I'm the guy that comes into the house party that nobody else knows that you were kind of told was cool, but maybe has fucked up the vibe a little bit. I don't know. oh
0: hold on. Oh, no. <laughs> i never said we thought you were cool
2: okay all right fair (laughs) fair Fair. listen i i like to give everybody the benefit of the doubt here but you know as long as you acknowledge that being cool is an outdated idiom of the 1990s lean into the cringe and i'll leave you you all with that
0: you're very nerdy and very funny that's that's where our standards are
2: you're goddamn right Thank you all so much for coming. I have been Don Marshall. Uh, I'm ending the podcast even though it's not mine. I'm being a jerk. Carry on in, in your wrap-up. I apologize. Sorry.
0: It's okay. <laughs> uh, if you uh, also want to support some other queers, you can head to patreon.com slash the cast. Um, everyone who supports us gets access to our Discord community where Vorthos is from around the world are talking about Lord of the Rings, which isn't usually what they talk about. But uh, we're having a good time. Uh set so is wild. There's a lot of really cool cards. We're learning a lot of I learned a lot of really cool lore stuff about Lord of the Rings today, and I hope y'all did too. Um and and with that, uh this has been the Forthos cast.
2: Wait, hang on. Thank Are you these all your patrons Are these your patrons in the podcast voice <laughs> yes. channel? Yeah. Oh my god! I, I had no I didn't want to ask or be rude if they were like tech people, but hi everybody. <laughs> i didn't even yeah, know no, you a you have, we, we oh have. oh my a sec- god hi <laughs> yeah
0: we have a a second tier uh, uh for live listeners to, this is your three
2: dollar tier right yeah. this is your three yeah. okay yeah. anybody listening to this is a fan of mine join their three dollar tier this is so cool. oh my <laughs> god what a good idea can i steal this idea too i'm just gonna steal all of your ideas for my own stuff yeah that's no, so cool great. So
1: as, as long as you promise to have us as a guest on your podcast <laughs>
2: Oh, listen, I've got like four podcasts and most of them have already ended, but like as soon as I start <laughs> another one because I can't stop making them. 100%. Uh-huh. <laughs> 100%. Yes.
0: Oh yeah, no, uh the uh the the best value I ever get uh out of being a live listener is anytime we have a uh author Reinhard Suarez on. Uh the last time we had uh him on an interview, the podcast ended, recording ended, and then he and I sat here and talked for another two and a half hours about magic lore. So, uh that... It's a cool tier where you get
2: things like that. Out of oh surprise. my god! And listen, I I cannot spend two and a half hours talking about magic lore. The only people I know are Chandra Nalar and Nicole Bolas, uh, and that's because I like dragons and Chandra reminds me of my wife. So that's basically <laughs> the extent of my of my planeswalker lore. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, that's so cool! Hi everybody, thank you so much for joining. This has been so cool. I feel. So awkward now, knowing that you're all real people and you've listened to my unfiltered thoughts without being edited out to make it. Oh, and now you're all typing in the live listen text chat. I've just now realized yeah. how your yeah. Discord server works. So um, both my right. apologies and also you're welcome. Uh,
1: I don't think Lorelei did this earlier. So uh, thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos cast. <laughs> I, I did and a And uh, we can stop the recording.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.